Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Well, good evening, everybody. I'm Glenn Crooks. This is Soccer in the City Live. I'll be joined momentarily by Roberto Abramowitz and then later on Ariel Hudas, the Spanish commentary team. Uh, the New York City FC Network. I'm part of the English uh, duo with Maddie Lawrence, unavailable tonight. And uh, we've got a, a lot to discuss. We're, we're going to set the scene. And briefly, uh, Roberto and I flying out to Seattle tomorrow, Ariel on Wednesday, and it's, uh, it's two teams that have never met in competition outside of the MLS regular season. And they're in the first leg of the uh, CONCACAF Champions League semifinals at Lumen Field which the last time New York City played in Seattle, it was called Century Link. And Seattle won that game 3-1. to one. That was in 2018. In July of 2019, New York City won at Yankee Stadium 3-0. And that's the last time these two have met. That is uh, July 3rd, 2019. Well, we're just back in uh, from Toronto. And I want to bring in, uh, there he is, ladies and gentlemen. Looking at his phone, there's nothing unusual there. It's Roberto Abramowitz uh, from the uh, Spanish side of things. Roberto, what's happening? Welcome. Good to see you again. We haven't spent enough time together. and uh, <laughs> I thought you tired of me already. Well, I, I am tired because, you know, I had, a, I had a pretty cool international break, I have to say. And, yes, you uh, did. Heading to the Galapagos. And you, you know what I learned? First of all, Esteban Camino, who is part of our communications staff and helps us uh, greatly with preparation for our broadcast and otherwise, he's, he's from Ecuador. He's from Quito. And yes. he's never been to the Galapagos. Then I saw yeah, David Lee. Unusual. David Lee, the sporting director, his wife uh, is from Guayaquil. And she's never been to the Galapagos. So I lectured David and I said, that's a must see destination for you and your wife. And I did the same with Esteban and it, uh, it was really wild. Let me do, I, I want to, I, I do, I, I showed this on the pregame live before the Toronto game, but I just want to show you a couple of things, Roberto, especially the soccer fields that I ran into. I, I essentially, the people I was with an old high school friend and, and a couple of other friends, I made them stop the car every time there was a soccer field. I say, <laughs> so they knew that going in. And sometimes they would try to buzz past it, and I would see it. I hey, I told you, you know. But uh, but but check this out. This is like so. This part of uh, Ecuador, uh, the Andes Mountains are everywhere. So this is like at the uh, the bottom of a foothill, and you probably you can't see, but if you look really closely, there's a guy right in the middle, and he's walking up. He's got his socks pulled up high. He's got a ball, and then and then his dog 
is right to the okay. left there. And he was coming up by himself just to just just for a kick around. Saw a field like this. This is just driving down the road in a small town. And then the best part about this is that this is the same field, but they had this little area where they could cook. And there was a local who said, yeah, we just play. We just have kick arounds, said it in Spanish. I had to translate it. We just have kick arounds and uh, and we cook. We cook and play. But my favorite field was this one. Those are llamas behind the goal. Four llamas (laughs) behind the goal. And uh, and then this was at my uh, my friend's uh, his granddaughter's school which was out in the mountains. And uh, this was a little field they had out back. And then remember when Kyle Martino, when he was uh, running for uh, U.S. soccer president, he said in New York City, you know, and, and he's still pledging, you know, wherever there's a basketball hoop, put a soccer goal underneath. Well, they had that uh, here. Yeah. And um, yeah, so there was some pretty cool stuff. And uh, but not the least of which is I did run in to uh, an uncle of Roberto. There he is. And uh these iguanas were everywhere. But look at that guy. He looks mean, but he's really not that mean. They're not. They eat lettuce for crying out loud. <laughs> and then a guy who kept me up all night once. They're not predators. Look at this guy. This Aww, guy. He's adorable. A, he's adorable, but he kept me up all night with a it was a strange kind of frog sound. But anyway, so there's my uh you get a slideshow. Remember we used to do slideshows, Roberto? We don't really yes, do those. Yes, absolutely. Collection. But I mean, with the big, you get out this, I even have this screen. It's right over here in the corner of my basement, the big portable screen and you, and that big bulky projector and you'd slip the I'm slides. Surprised in. You don't have a projector TV to be able to use with that screen because now they're pretty good. They actually, it's high quality HD now that you can get on those. Oh, really? Well, we'll yes. have to, we'll have to confer, uh, confer <laughs> later on that. And, you know, I uh, probably should have topped this off. Yeah, we're doing this live. So when we have news, we should probably start off with it. The U.S. men's national team uh, in the Nations League, CONCACAF Nations League, their, uh, their draw, their group draw was uh, announced uh, just a few minutes ago. Uh, they'll meet El Salvador and Grenada in the group stage, and then it goes from there. So if you go on Twitter, you'll see all this. And um, so that's uh, you know part of their World Cup preparation now. And what's okay. interesting, I guess, because of the um, in Europe, some of the teams that might have normally been available because of uh, of of their league, uh, their nations league, they won't, you know, they might not get the same level of competition leading to the World Cup that they normally would. But anyway, the Concacaf Nations League will be the uh, precursor. And I've got to show you, I got to show you one more thing. You'll appreciate this, Roberto. So go. In Ecuador, it was pretty cool to be there because it was at the time of the World Cup qualifiers where Ecuador, you know, it was this particular match against Paraguay was going to decide whether they or help decide whether they were going to qualify for the World Cup or not. Well, they lost the game. They lost three. Well, here's where I went. I went to the Manaba's Pizza House on Isabella. It's an island, one of the four inhabited islands of the 16 in the Galapagos. And I checked. Oh, very good. So while the game was uh, got underway, everybody was riding up on their bike. I was sitting down with a couple of friends, and there yes. you can see the TV. So this lost to Paraguay, three uh, nil, but still qualified based on circumstances. Uh, that's for later. That's for and later then, on. So by the way, did you like go up to people and go, "Hi, by the way, I'm really good friends with Jesus Medina, number ten on that team." I didn't. Most of all, 
probably because Especially they wouldn't. They wouldn't have. Zero. Yeah. There weren't I, any. There weren't good any thing, good thing to do. There weren't any patrons speaking English in that little group there. I will tell you Yo that. Yo soy muy buen amigo de Jesús Medina. Uh, well, de I I learned tomar su su foto por favor, and some people oh. said yes, and some people said no. So. Well, like, you were asking if you could take their picture. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, All and right. then. Uh, I did one. There was a uh, there was a lady um, who was was hard at work uh, as we, we went out into some incredibly remote places. And she she just said she she turned and gave me a nasty look and said, no. <laughs> so, OK, I just I'm just asking. I was asking as kindly as possible. So, well, Roberto, I, uh, so you I, met I, mom, I see. Pardon? You met mom, I see. I, apparently. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> So look, we're coming off this match at, at Toronto, and it was one of those where the first half hour was great. Uh, TFC scores that goal by Jimenez, and then the own goal right before the half, Tiago Martins. And uh, honestly, it was game over. We know Eber scored late. Uh, I, I think uh, something in that uh, it, it flashed up uh, inadvertently there, but I do want you. I, I'm going to play the commentary between Maddie uh, Lawrence and myself, or with both of us on the New York City FC network on the eighth minute call. So uh, I, I think many people are familiar with this, but Drew Fisher, who's a veteran referee, Canadian by the way, but remember in the uh, remember I sent you out the I sent in the group text and you sent the stat out where he had called. 35 penalties against the home team in his career and only 13 for the home game team. And I was, re I was all ready to blurt that stat out and add on to it and everything. And then he goes to the monitor. But anyway, here, here's how it sounded. Here's uh, Rodriguez to Castellanos, back to Rodriguez. Nice diagonal ball to Magno. And Magno could reach it, but he draws the penalty. He's tripped from behind as he tried to catch up to the ball. Yeah, it's Cozy Thompson. He just runs behind Tyler's Magno. There's certainly nothing done on purpose, that is for sure. But he has just clipped the heel of Tyler's Magno, which has knocked his other leg, Tyler's Magno's trailing leg against his front leg, and that has tripped him up. There's no way, in my opinion, that this can be taken back. They're still looking at it, it seems, VAR. Michael Bradley's pleading and pleading and pleading with Drew Fisher. Thompson is 19 years old. The story here right now is that Santi Rodriguez had hold of the ball oh, to no, take the penalty. He's going over to the VAR monitor, which leads me to believe he will be bringing this back. Santi Rodriguez looked like he was preparing to take the kick, but now it's Castellanos who has the ball uh, well, that's the tucked under that's, his left that's arm. That's the modern game, though, isn't it, now, to give the ball to somebody else. That's what we saw the U.S. did the, uh, the other day. For me, it's not a clear and obvious error. He does clip Tyler's Magno without a shadow of a doubt. He clips Tyler's Magno. This, There's <laughs> not a chance this could be overruled. Well, if, there is because he's been sent over. So VAR thinks this isn't a penalty. But watch how his oh no, I know. Watch I, how his left leg comes up. I'm 100 with you. Magno said, trips himself, but only because, because he was clipped, clipped. clipped from behind. That's exactly what I said. I said there's no way this can be brought back. But because Drew Fish has gone over there, he's been told by VAR Cavalan Chenard. And he waved it off. He's waved it off. Absolutely. Diabolical. Carol Ann Chenard, the video assistant referee, called Drew Fisher over. It was just a little clip 
it caused his left leg to come up to his right leg, and that's why he toppled over. And this is poor on Drew Fisher because we've looked at it several times ourselves, including the view that Fisher had from the video assistant referee been moves. talked out a bit by people who weren't down there on the ground, people who were watching in slow motion, etc., etc. This was 100% a, a penalty. And Ronnie Dylan is absolutely absolutely on the sideline. Yep. Matty Lawrence had his best, man. He had that, uh, he saw it clearly. And then when I saw the replay, uh, it, and the, the conclusion I had, Roberto, is that neither Drew Fisher nor Carol Ann Chenard have ever played the game. And to not have the feel for that, and you know, they're under some sort of pressure, I know, timing. They don't want to take five minutes to, to look at the, the replay, but he never should have been called over. And that was admitted later, wasn't it? By, but let's just see, let's just show the statement really quickly. And uh, later, the, the following day, a significant officiating error. This is a, 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 an official statement on their website from pro referees. Uh, and the uh, video assistant referee incorrectly determined the awarding of a penalty kick to be clear and obvious error. And I suppose the alarming thing is that they didn't, they had a shot available, a video picture available that showed that there was a foul and no one's, the, the VAR didn't see it. And then obviously then Drew Fisher didn't see it. So it was a calamity from start to finish. All right. Two things I want to get to first. One. All right. How fortunate are you, okay, and New York City FC fans who listen to radio broadcasting English, okay, to have Maddie Lawrence? Oh, my God, was he on top of that in every single way, okay? I mean, it's a it's brilliant commentary all the way. You are very lucky to have him. He's a great guy. And, uh, and that's boy, standard. That, that the commentary there is just absolutely fantastic, on point, 100% on point. He knew exactly what was going to happen, why it was going to happen. That's great commentary to have. It seriously is, okay? And, you know, and I study this aside from doing it. I study, I listen to other people. All right? So congratulations on that. Well, Two. but that's just, I just want to say, that's a, that's a, a standard element of our broadcast. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm constantly amazed by Maddie from the fact that, and I mean this, I, he's never wrong. I can't, you know, with those kinds of things that I can't see. I don't know how he saw it sometimes, you know. And but anyway, go ahead. What's part two? You can do it. Now, two. I'm I'm very bothered by this whole VAR thing. Now I'm a huge supporter of VAR. You go back and forth on it. You were really pissed the other day, and you wanted to blow it all up. All right. But VAR has to be used like anything. It has to be used properly, just like a referee has to use his whistle properly. He has to use his judgment properly. And over here, there is a huge lapse in judgment. I mean, a huge lapse in judgment that now makes me wonder, okay, how many times something like this has happened and we don't know about it, all right? And now this is something that Howard Webb and the people at VAR and MLS, pro referees, all have to get together and address, okay? Because we assume, and we've always assumed, that they look at pretty much, that they look, not pretty much, but they look at every possible angle to make sure that they have whatever decision that they're sending down correctly. The fact that Cheryl, uh, Carol Ann Chenard had video of there being contact and that that video was not shown to Drew Fisher is, is something that is truly bothersome to me. Because when we were doing our broadcast in Spanish at the same time and we were one booth over from you, so we basically had the same angle, yeah. we thought it was a penalty. 
And then as we're going through what is happening, you know, as they're looking at VAR, and, um, and we in Toronto, we didn't have the Yes feed. We had the TSN feed, which is the one that you showed. And in that TSM feed, they showed us exactly what they were showing Drew Fisher. We were looking at right. the live VAR screen. It was, it, okay. exactly. exactly. Well, that's what a, at the end of the uh, at the end of my clip that I ran. That was what he was looking at. That's what right. Drew and Fisher so was seeing. The point I made, the point I made on the broadcast, and Ariel made the same point with me, was this: based on the videos that they are showing him, there is no way that this penalty can stand. There is no way because on the videos that I disagree showing, with you guys. I know what no, you're saying, yeah, but go ahead, finish your point, and then I'll get mine. Listen clearly to my words because it's important. Okay, it's important because I know where you're coming back because we've done this before. Based exclusively, <laughs> and I'll never change my mind. But no, no, ahead. but based exclusively on the pictures that they showed him, not on his own judgment, not on what he saw, based exclusively. On the pictures that they showed him, which they are telling him, by the way, these are the best angles that we have to show you, okay? This is what we have. What do you think? And based on that, there's no way you can call a penalty. Now, you, I, I know your point on this because we've spoken about it. He should not have let that cloud his own judgment. But right? I disagree. What he Here's where I lie. But here, right, what he saw live, and he was in great position. I wonder if I could play this again yes. without without the sound. Will the sound go down? Look, look if I if I kick the sound off, I'm just going to stop it. Hold on a second. Here's uh, Rodriguez to Castellanos. Back to Rodriguez. All right. All right. So, so look where he is. So there, here, there's Drew Fisher on the left. Here are the balls play. Let's see where he ends up, okay? Mm-hmm. Well, he's out of screen, well, he's out of, but he's, he's not that far picture. away. No, he, I he's mean, like, he's, uh, and he didn't hesitate. In. He didn't hesitate for a moment. No. And, and so, you he know. He got it right. Yeah. He got and, it right. On his first view, he had it right. And so, but, but, he should have, if he believed. But, it, but I, they, but Roberto, that, that, those views that we saw on the TSN television replays, I disagree with you that each one of them, it, uh, it told you that the ones that we saw told you that he did not clip him. I disagree. There was a close-up from uh, the to our right of the goal that was on that area, and you could say he missed him, or cl you couldn't tell. And that's where clear and obvious. Are you kidding me? Number, well, but that's number one. But number two, number two, physiologically, uh, whatever whatever metric you want to come up with to measure the physical capability of the human body. The left leg of Tyler's Magno could not react and trip himself up with the right leg based on his stride without getting clipped. And that's the part where I said these two people have not played the game or experienced the game in a way where that is, to me, easily identifiable through and, replay. And here's the problem and that's what with you, that analysis. But you can't overrule it. You can't yes, overrule it. But here's the problem with that analysis, okay? Yeah. Here's the problem. His trailing foot, which gets clipped, right? Goes out, goes off screen, and so you don't see the trip. At that point, you can only make an assumption that there's contact. You can make an assumption. You can't make a decision based on an assumption, and that's why that screen, that picture that they're showing him, is not valid. 
You can't say that there's a penalty there because at that point, you need to make an assumption. When in the NFL, which uses replay at times, well, the NHL is the one who best uses replay, by the way. They rarely get anything wrong there. But in the NFL, what they do sometimes is that they'll take two or three different images and they'll sort them, piece them together and run them at the same time. And so based on that, they can say, well, from this angle, it's this. But if you look at it from over here, it's this. And therefore, you can piece three, three pieces of video together to make that. But they didn't do that here. And so his trailing foot leaves the screen in the videos that we saw. And that's where the contact is made. But you can't assume that that contact is made because you're literally not seeing it. And so then based on the video that they're, that they're showing, which is the only clear angle that he has, it doesn't show any contact, okay? Now, can Drew Fisher at this point say, hey, look, really, I know what I saw, and I saw the contact, and I'm sticking with it? Absolutely. Yes, I believe yes, he can. can say that. Because he, at he, the end of the day, it's his decision. It's his decision to make. It's the referee has Alberto, a decision. It's do you not know the how many, booth. I think this is a. I think this is a viable comparison. Do you know how many times referees – make decisions on goal kicks, corner kicks, which way it goes based on players, how they respond. If they, yeah. if, if referees are indecisive about any call, really, sometimes they'll just look around for the, uh, the body language feedback and they'll know which way to go. So exactly. uh, I don't, you know, it's, uh, but it doesn't apply to VAR. That doesn't apply to VAR, but he could go to the monitor and say, okay, great. Thanks, Carol. <laughs> Penalty. Right. Oh, I'm sticking with it. Exactly. He hey, how about this? One but of the... here's what they did. But here's what VAR did. Okay. And this happens to all of us. It can happen to us. In, in, I mean, there are studies made on this. Okay. They planted a seed of doubt on what he saw in his mind. They well, said, I know Maddie you saw said. this, but that's what I don't Maddie see said. it. I don't think so. And, you know, between the VAR and the assistant VAR and whoever else is on that monitor or or on that audio I was call, just trying to look up they convinced all the, him that there was nothing there. This is what's remarkable to me. There's a second. There's three people in there. Three. Okay. Yeah. There's three people in there, and they couldn't find the one where he got tripped. I mean, they each well, have they different. Have no, no. They each have different. Which is even more troubling. They each have different responsibilities. Hey, I've got. There's exciting news. At least I think it's exciting. I think you'll agree with me. I don't know if this is breaking news or not, but I uh, I interacted with Greg Barkey today, who's in charge. I I wasn't gonna. I didn't ask him anything about this, but I had heard this morning I was talking to a friend who's an AVAR in another city, and uh, the centralized video assistant referee, it looks like it will commence on April the 23rd, the weekend of April the 23rd, oh, that is awesome. where all, all VAR replays will be observed in this central location, just like the NHL, just like the NFL just like Major League Baseball. So uh, I think that's good news because it, it seems to me that you'll get more consistency out of it. What, what's 100%. your – Yeah. A hundred percent. But, but mean, explain why. Explain why you think it'll be better. Because I think that you're going to – I mean, in, in the NHL, I mean, they have less people doing this and so and better trained people doing this. And they're looking pretty much at right. several games at the same time. And so they go and specifically look at the areas – where, where where there's a problem and so you only have so you'll you'll have less people making decisions so therefore hopefully the point is that you'll have the best people making decisions and so um 
you know, that, that to me is better. I've been calling for a centralized location for this to be done for since VAR started. I think it's also a cheaper option for them at the end of the day. It's a bigger investment at the beginning, cheaper at the end. And uh, I think this is a this is a great thing. I didn't know that they were going to do this now and this year, but I'm thrilled that they're going to do that now. Well, here's the, here's how it went. I think that's they're, fantastic. Uh, Greg said they're still in the testing phase. This past weekend, they ran two games out of Atlanta. I don't know if Atlanta will be the permanent centralized site, but this coming weekend, they're going to do six games. And barring any technical issues, again, it's not a guarantee. April the 23rd uh, will be the uh, opening weekend for uh, centralized VAR. Well, we won't be able to pe- peek into the booth anymore to see what they're doing over there, you know? So, well, uh, it's, it's rare, but or I, I have a dozen right? conversations with, with Carlos Gonzalez, right? With yeah. Jorge Gonzalez, Jorge. rather. At halftime. I know. We, yeah. would, we miss out on the halftime chats. I got Sabiga oh, once. Oh, my you God. Got, he was yeah. great. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, he explained things very, very well to us, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, let's the match at hand, and now New York City's now one, three, and one. Uh, and they, uh, they're part of this trend statistic, which I, when, when it first came out, I found pretty fascinating, Roberto. Uh, at the, uh, the New York City Football Club, uh, eight teams, the last eight teams to win the MLS Cup, including New York City now. Only one, only one team has managed to win more than one game over their first five in the following season. So every team, with the exception of the Seattle Sounders, who won two games in their first five following the 2020 MLS Cup championship. I don't know if it's irony, but now it's New York City at Seattle coming up on Wednesday. But this is what I would change going forward for Major League Soccer because it is a... It is a problem for these teams that win and that go um, that that have to play two tournaments at the same time. And I think that w- once you find out who all these teams are, then I think what you have to do is early on in the season, try to schedule as many of these teams that are participating in both tournaments against each other within MLS. And that makes it a lot fairer. I mean, for you to play a team that's sitting on seven to 10 days rest while you only have three is an unfair advantage. And, you know, it happens a lot during regular season and all that. But look, you try, you, you want your best teams to compete and to do well and to do well in both tournaments. And, you know, New York City has decided more, more than maybe other teams not, not to uh, use all their depth. I mean, they're using their starting squad, basically, for both tournaments at the same time. Maxi Morales has started every single game, if I'm not mistaken. And so uh, there's going to be a level of being tired. You know, I'm not going to use that as an excuse in Toronto because they came from 10 days off or more. And so that's not an excuse in Toronto. Not Alexander Toronto, Collins, though. Just... Not Alexander Collins. He uh, had, that's uh... a different story. That's a yeah. great story. Yeah. But um, but for everybody, you know, for everybody else who wasn't in a World Cup competition, I mean, they, 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 were, sit, they were sitting, they were well-rested. They went to Miami. They went other places to, to rest. Uh, to, and Tati Castellanos told me uh, last week before the game that this was really important for them, that they're able to rest their mind. He said against Philadelphia, he says, we were just absolutely shot. We were physically and mentally shot. You know, we're, we're doing the best we can, but, you know, our minds are going in all sorts of places. And remember, this is a game where New York City had the ball for over 70 percent of the time. Didn't matter. And they, they wound up losing 2 nothing to Philadelphia. But it's unfair for teams that are in both these competitions to play teams that are only in MLS. And so I think that the league has to strongly consider 
that they have to play as many of these teams that are within this tournament as early as possible. By the way, who's New York City? Who's the only team they've beaten so far? Montreal, not the impact, but the club yeah. de foot. Club de foot is idiotic, by the way. It should be the yeah. impact. It's the only team they've beaten. What was Montreal doing? Playing two tournaments at the same time, and they had to rotate their squad because they were playing Cruz Azul the same time that New York City was finishing off against Santos de Guapile. No, Roberto. This no, is why you have this one. is why you have seventeen thousand followers, Roberto. You you just offer the stuff that uh, and did you see? Uh, I, I to put it back up. Our friends uh, NYCFC post ninety podcast. Everyone should listen. All right, but they like listen the uh, cent- they like the centralized VAR as yes. well. And by the way, dating going back to the, my opening picks from my trip to trip to Ecuador and the Galapagos, Tony Lawson. Thank you, Tony. Awesome picks. Looks like a great trip. It absolutely was. It really people should go and snorkeling. Are you kidding? But anyway, let's get back to it. And let's also... Don't leave Victoria out of this. That's rude of you. What are you talking about? Go go look at the side. Hey, Ariel is here. But Victoria's saying hello. Come on. I don't know who Victoria is. It's on the side right underneath. I see it, but I don't know who it is. I'll just say, hi, Victoria. Thank you. (laughs) Hi, Victoria. Victoria. We're we're happy to see you here. (laughs) Thank you, Victoria. And... uh, Ooh, Juan Carlos, I know he's Ecuadorian. Ecuador is amazing. You're yes, right, my is. man. You're right, my You've man. You've been there twice. I haven't been there yet. I'm I'm dying to go. Ariel, what's Medio happening? Mundo. Ariel, Mundo. hello the, guys. Uh, How are the you? More, the more composed and reasonable part of the uh, Spanish duo on New York City <laughs> FC Network. Ariel Hudas, everyone, and uh, you're, you're Ari- giving him a bad rep. Fine. Ariel, uh, the uh, we've been uh, talking. Uh, most recently about the, the Toronto FC match and yeah. you know, Roberto talked about Philadelphia, 70% possession didn't matter. Look, the, the, the team is not scoring at a, at, at any sort of a frequency uh, Two, you know, Ronnie Dyla talks about big chances all the time, only two big chances against Toronto. And they were big uh, Tati in on goal. One V one with a keeper Bono didn't uh, convert. And then Eber, did convert and uh our man ever well while while we're on it let's just uh let's just watch it uh is it here yeah let's watch it and then we'll talk about firm it. and hard as he could and collins is gassed yeah, just he's looking at him now absolutely shattered and rightly so but he's getting back into the area and ever for the first time since september of 2020 it's been a long time but it was alfredo morales with a distance delivery from the right and a first-time header into the back of the net. It's Eber. And we are in stoppage time. Three minutes of stoppage time. New York City doesn't have much left. But Eber with a fine finish past Bono. Yeah, and we asked for quality. We've been asking for it all game. That cross from Morales was absolutely pinpoint. He almost couldn't miss Eber. And, of course, you couldn't be any happier for that man, Eber, that he's got that goal after that such a long layoff because of the ACL injury. It's great to see him back on the score sheet. I know it possibly doesn't mean anything here, but to him it will certainly feel like it means something. Yeah, what do you think, Ariel? There was not much time left. They weren't going to get the equalizer, but forever? Uh, Is this a turning point? I hope so. It's uh, great news for him, obviously, and um, we'll see. I mean, I I feel that everybody's happy seeing Ever scoring again, playing a good game. Uh, obviously, it was uh, reduced time for him, but okay, he's been there, he scored, 
and he gave a the, the small possibility, the small chance that NYCFC could tie the game. It didn't happen, but that was okay. It was good for him. That's five different goal scorers out of the five goals they've scored this year. Shut out in three games. They weren't shut out for the third time until September 25th, a season ago. Roberto, Maxi Morales, Tati Castellanos, two players that you count on and are going to need to produce in order to turn this around, I would think. But no goals, no assists from either one of them. You know, it's interesting because Tati is lights out in Champions League, and yet he hasn't been able to score in MLS. And all I keep on hearing from my Mexican fans is that MLS absolutely blows, and they they hire really bad goalies and uh, <laughs> the, and and defenders on purpose just for the just for the matter. So we have you know more entertaining games. So the fact that he scored in Champions League and not in MLS sort of makes me doubt that a little bit. Not that I you know watch both of them and not know what I'm talking about. Um, I, they're, they're going to be fine. I mean, it's going to maybe take a little bit of time. And Tati, actually, after signing his contract, right, he had started off like a house on fire last year. If I don't remember properly, what was it, like four or five games in a row that he scored? And then he signed his contract. And then all of a sudden he went silent for like a month and a half. And he, and he didn't yeah. find the back of the net. And then all of a sudden he started again. He's a streaky scorer. Uh, but uh, he's going to be fine. And... Uh, you know, hopefully he'll score a lot of goals for New York City before we wave goodbye to him. Uh, what do you think about we're in the middle of summer? What do you think about Juan Carlos' question? Uh, would you guys be in favor of a two-striker system, Eber and Tati up front, um, if the option was there? So I've always thought that, and I think Ronnie Dyla, he was experimenting with it early on when Eber uh, became healthy enough to play last year. Yeah. And I don't he it didn't he didn't like it. Uh, and I think I think part of this is the preference of the staff and the, and the head coach that they they like the four, three, three or the four, two, three, one or the three, four, three. It doesn't seem like twin striker has uh, been uh, contemplated very often. That's just what it seems. Well, I'll tell you this, though. He didn't like the three four three either, or three or three five or five three, whatever it was that he was playing. When he had three in the back or five in the back, he hated that too for a while, and then all of a sudden he liked it. So you know, it's going to go in, it's going to come and go. Um, I think he'll try it again. I, I don't think he's going to start out with that formation, but I think that New York City will morph into that formation a lot in the second half, especially if they're trailing or if they're leading by a lot. I think that he'll try that and, and see, you know, to try to make it work because the more options you have in formations, the better chance you have of being able to win games. Well, I'm trying to let's I mean, let's look at the the, the shape and, and, and the personnel because I want to get to Gabriel Pereira uh, in a moment, too. He played the, the second 45 minutes. He played the entire second half and uh, wondering what you guys thought. But, you know, you you look at a, a four four two perhaps and. Is that something that you would consider? We have seen, at least momentarily, Ronnie Dyla play a diamond in the midfield. It, again, it has happened rarely, but it has happened. And I, I always thought Eber and Castellanos, if they were given a chance, given more of a chance, uh, and, and part of it is because they're so close off the field that they would connect, that, that it would happen. And now you have two people in front of the goal instead of just one, you know? Ariel? Yeah, the the problem, it's not a problem, but the thing with that option is that 
Tati, Tati Gazianos is used right now to cover so much ground and play all over the the front field. And uh, I don't know. I think that you have to reconvert Castellanos a little bit in order to share the number nine position with another guy as ever. They can do it. They, they, they did it eventually uh, in the past. But I think they, they have well, to Well, they play Eber underneath a lot. I mean, that's where he yeah. actually, when Eber was playing this year and coming in as a reserve, he only played 80 minutes before this last game. He yeah. was, uh, I think most of the time, was kind of uh, sitting mm -hmm. underneath uh, Castellanos, unless he replaced Castellanos straight up, one for one. Yeah, yeah. You know? But, but something, I mean, something, they need to do something about this current situation because that is not scoring. And mm, I'm not blaming him, of course, but uh, this team needs goals urgently. And, Out of a 4-4-2, uh, with uh, Eber starting uh, along with Castellanos, and even if it's underneath, let's call it a 4-4-1-1. To me, the only person left out of the lineup that is concerning is Parks, because it would be Alfredo Morales in the hole, a uh, uh, defensive midfielder, Tylus Magno on the left, uh, Gabriel Pereira on the right, Maxi Morales uh, at the top of the diamond. If it is a diamond, I mean, you can go flat too. And then uh, Eber, and then you go with your back four, whatever that might be. Um I don't know. I, I, it's just something to. It was brought up, so I thought I would uh, elaborate. No, but I mean, it's an extent. option, and you should have that as an option. Any anything that's going to make your opponent have to study more and be prepared for, or that you're going to surprise them with, you know, works to your advantage. So, as far as that's concerned, you know, you want that be able to be able to succeed. You want to be able to morph into as many formations as you can, especially if you can do that without actually changing the personnel on the field. So, you know, it may not have worked now. It may work later on. And I think that you should try it as often as you can, as long as it doesn't affect the outcome in a negative fashion. All right. So we'll see what happens. Uh, how about, uh, well, we're done with the, the regular season thus far, one, three, and one. Uh, but now CONCACAF <laughs> Champions League, first leg of, the, of a semifinal. And Roberto, we were uh, we were in the uh, in the plane, and Sam Cook, uh, director of communications, he asked us both serious question: What do you think is bigger, winning MLS Cup or winning Concacaf Champions League? And we both we didn't really hesitate in uh, our response, did we? No, absolutely not. And we're both thankfully on the same page because if we weren't, Glenn, we were going to have a problem because well, there's only one right answer. Okay, well, there's only one right answer. Every answer is debatable. Champions League. Every right answer is debatable. And it's not debatable this year. Okay, it's not debatable. It might be debatable in the future. It's not debatable this year. And the reason is not I think I think the question was, but hold no on one US second. Just hold on. Just hold on one second. I think the question was molded more towards if you could win MLS Cup or you could win CONCACAF Champions League. Which would you choose? I don't think it had anything to do with the fact, well, we won that. Now, what's more important this year? I think it was more like, which one Which one is a, is a better win? Which one is a this better year, title? Not this, this year. year. No, no, no. Stop this year. Which no, it one? Which, it, it changes. It, it changes. Because <laughs> if, the, if, if MLS teams, okay, are able to increase spending and start winning CONCACAF Champions League on a regular basis, like Mexico wins it on a regular basis because they haven't lost since they changed to the new format, right? Back in 2000, what was it, 2007 or something? Yeah. Okay. Right? 
They haven't lost. They've, they've won every single one of these. If so New York if City had happens, not won, if New York City had not have, let's just say we're in 2022, New York City has not won an MLS Cup and have not won a CONCACAF Champions League. So I'll still the MLS say the Champions League. Okay, that's I'll the question. Say, okay. And the reason being, it's an international tournament. It's an international tournament that no MLS team has ever won. Okay. And uh, so that's when fair. you win something that special, okay, you win something that special, that makes it more important. And that's why I'm trying to make the point that if MLS wins the next 10, that means that in 2033, it's probably MLS Cup that's more important than Champions League because you're almost, you know, you're, if you win MLS Cup, you're going to win Champions League. Okay. It, it's, it, it's already decided. So it does, it's, no, it's no fun anymore. Right. But right. this is more fun because they've never won it. And they're the decided underdogs because of the fact that Mexican teams can spend a hell of a lot more money than any MLS team. And a lot of them spend twice or three times as much money because they can. And MLS is limited by the salary cap. And part of the reason they don't win is Don Garber and the owners. That's the reason they don't win. They can't and, compete financially. And there's such there's such additional pressure on sporting directors, I think, and clubs in general when they do spend a lot of money on a player, you know, because of the cap and because they're restricted in some ways, which is why when uh, I have it a bump into David Lee and I, I was asking, well, is Gabriel Pereira going to make his debut today? You know, I hear that Ronnie seems pretty certain. Luis Barraz is all excited. And uh, he, uh, he just got to put his head down and didn't really say, but he did say, <laughs> I'm so happy to hear because a lot of uh, uh, multiple players have shown their excitement about this guy based on what he's done in training. And uh, he said, I I'm really happy to hear that the players are responding like that because you just never know, you know, you, you think you have a sure thing and then they come in and for whatever reason, it could be environment. It could be, they're just uncomfortable. It could be, they're maybe not as good a player as you thought in the environment they were in, whatever it might be. So, uh, it, it, it really um, it made it clear to me that, you know, and then you add on to it, Roberto. I just think that uh, every time you sign someone, you, you, I'm sure you're if you if you if you're if you're the type of person that says prayers that you do a lot of that. <laughs> I pray to the soccer gods and that's about it, especially I, with this South American guys so young as as the ones that NYCFC has been bringing lately. Right. You know, they are good players, but. You need to see them play and deliver sure. and produce in MLS, which is a different animal, uh, other than, than Brazilian the Brazilian preservation. I mean, it's it's different. It's a different environment, different players, different teams, different stadiums. It's different. No question. So that's Ariel Hudas, uh, Roberto Abramowitz, Spanish commentary team on the New York City FC Network. I'm Glenn Crooks from the uh, English side of the New York City FC Network. John Rojas, unable to be with us tonight. He's a normal part of soccer in the city. As uh, we re-engage here live tonight on a Monday night, a couple of days prior to the CONCACAF Champions League opening leg uh, against Seattle. And uh, both English and Spanish radio, New York City style, uh, will bring you that game. And look, I would never tell you not to... Uh, turn on Joe Tolleson and Ian Joy, our brothers on the Yes Network. However, when this game is not, when any game we do is not on Yes, I would expect you're turning your the sound down on your TV 
and you have to link us up. It's like a 12 to 15 second delay. Make the effort, and then you hear your hometown boys in the broadcast. And I just think, uh, I just think that should be done, boys. What do you got? Who's there? Who's uh, that? Taylor Twelman needs to speak with you. He'd be one. <laughs> a friend, John Strong, good friend, Stu Holden. I don't know very well. Uh, it's on FS2. That's usually a solo broadcaster. Uh, which, you know, I, hey, all due yeah. respect to everyone. I wouldn't you, wouldn't you, Ariel? I know the answer. Wouldn't you want to listen to your hometown guy or girl, you know, right? To do the game if you had the choice? Okay. Of course. course. Well, it depends who the hometown guy or girl is, by the way, too. That that, that has an influence because they're not all great. Some of them are, some of them are not. All right. Well, in our our case, uh, we're we're going to say yes. Yeah, we're going to. Not a problem. Anyway, we're we're going to be doing the game in Spanish this time. We're not traveling all the way to uh, Seattle. Uh, just well, to join be, you, sorry. That's okay. No, but it should be noted we were in Guatemala, Guatemala doing a broadcast. Now we're in yes. Seattle, so we're 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 carrying this thing. Hey, I want to do By a. Way, can I give kudos to New York City FC for something for this? Okay, and it's not like I'm in their pocket or their you know, whatever. Okay, but the fact that they go out the extra effort to make sure that English and Spanish travel as best as they can, and it's oh yeah, if it's not every single game, it's as close to it as possible. And I want to give them kudos because there isn't a team in the league that does that. That travels both English and Spanish, and that gives the audience that we have on radio the best possible broadcast that we can because we're there. And the amount of information that we find out just previous to that, okay, just previous to the actual broadcast where we bumping, can see the entire field. Bumping into I mean, David Lee. Week, bumping into David week, Lee. All the information, that the stories that we broke. We yeah. broke the story on Alex Collins arriving hours before our trip to Toronto. We broke the story yeah. on Anthony Tinner home. That isn't going to be ready in August. He's probably going to be ready in June. Which other one? No, no, don't, great? don't, don't say it that way. Well, don't, don't say probably. Please don't say probably ready in June. Don't jinx the guy. But I'm he, not jinxing him. It's what he told me. He says that he's way ahead of where he the where he's supposed to be, and he thinks he's going to start. He's going to be able to start playing at the end of June. So it's either going to be the be, end of June, maybe July. But, be, but it's yeah. fantastic. It's not going to be August. That's going to be fantastic. Where did you get the news? New York City FC radio. And he, uh, beyond that, and you got this news too, is he had his cleats on for the first time in training on that Thursday morning and, or or the the Friday morning, excuse me, the Friday morning, and he was running with the ball. So this, that's all encouraging, especially as we look at the fullback on the right. But before, before we get to that, because I think we got to talk about Nico, Nico Acevedo playing fullback. But before we get to that, just to, um, emphasize the point Roberto of being there and I'm truly thankful and privileged that we're, we're able to do all this but when uh, uh, I don't know if you guys caught this but se- uh, when the penalty was overruled Magno draws the penalty it's overruled but during that time Santi Rodriguez was standing at the spot with the ball yeah and then he placed the ball yeah. down on the spot and then somewhere in there Tati Castellanos intervened and, and now all of a sudden the ball's under his left arm and then that's when the uh, that's when Drew Fisher decided to look at the monitor and then overrule it. But I I thought that was the upset of the day would have been you know nil nil eighth minute and Santi Rodriguez is taking the PK when you got Castellanos on the field who hasn't scored in 2022. That I don't understand what was going on there. Was he just trying? I to, do. 
Okay. I do. Uh, because we just saw this. Uh, all you had to do was watch a U.S.-Panama game, and they did the exact same thing. Penalty called against Panama, and it was Jesus Ferreira who went and grabbed the ball. All the players from Panama are, are, are in his ear, chirping, talking to him and doing that. And then once they're finally going to take the penalty, he turns around, gives the ball to Pulisic, who doesn't have to hear from any of the Panamanians, and he takes the shot and he scores. So it was basically the exact same thing that happened in that game. I don't know. I don't know about that. Ariel, back me up here against the English. There was guy. nobody at the spot. What are you talking about? He was standing there by himself. No one was hassling him. Well, there were that, no, he wasn't enveloped was by Toronto. Just in case they were. Huh? The point was just in case they were going to Well, it'd be them. pretty cool. If he was thinking that way, that's pretty cool. Sometimes. I don't know. I, don't know. Yeah. I, I believe that Santi would have. Should the uh, he would have shot the penalty? I mean, he's well, here, he but hey, that. hey, so when when you get in tomorrow, Roberto, that's your first assignment is get to Sandy and say, What the hell are you doing, man? Yeah, uh, I will. I'll ask him, but don't, I... but don't, don't ask it the way I know you're gonna ask it. So, were you no, just say, Were you gonna take the PK? That, that's all you gotta say. Ask a question say without that. prejudice, just say, Were you taking that PK? That's all you gotta I, say. I don't need you to coach me on how to take a how to ask a question. Well, I just did because I know you. <laughs> I don't. I, well, I, I don't lead. I don't lead with questions. I don't have like, le- ask you, leading you, questions to get you the will answer if it'll, I want. You will if it'll support your point. Hey, I wanted no, to do I this. Won't. I wanted to do no, this. Just my point but, because I'm right. I would like to do a former New York City FC coaches segment. Can we do that? Okay. Oh, yeah, we're gonna. So we're gonna start. <laughs> we're gonna start with Patrick Vieira. Hold on. There's a new comment. Let's see if it's worthwhile. Um, Oh yeah, see this? No, I can't. I, I don't. I, no. I don't even know what it is. <laughs> Hold on, let me. Uh, let me find it. Where are you? Where are you, Johnny? Okay. So, so first, Patrick Vieira, Crystal Palace defeats Arsenal, three 0 Now ninth place in the table, uh, ahead of Leicester City, and uh, Patrick Vieira, the coach at. Uh, and here's our, our friend John Rojas, who was unable to be on with us. But did uh, take the time to tweet seven games without a defeat, five wins, two losses in the most recent 12 matches, one defeat in the last eight. So uh, the big man, <laughs> John calls him the big man. He's, he's definitely a big man, uh, Patrick Vieira. So former New York City coach Patrick Vieira, Christian Wilson is also there with him assisting. He was an assistant uh, at New York City FC with Patrick as well. And uh, things going very very well with Palace. Now, Dome Tehran, over the last eight matches at uh, Galatasaray in Turkey, top tier there, uh, four wins, three losses, one draw. That's in all competitions. That includes a 2-1 loss to Barca in the Europa League in a, in a match that uh, he, was, uh, he and his club were certainly congratulated with the way they performed. But they're 13th in the table, uh, Ariel, out of 20, and I know that's not where they're used to being, right? No, no, and um, of course, Turkish fans are very passionate and crazy about what's going on with their teams, and Galatasaray is a very big team over there, so I don't know what will happen. Uh, hopefully, Dome gets to keep the job for next season. I don't think that... We'll, we'll see what happens at the end of this season in order if he can progress in the tables in, in, in Turkey, but it's very hard. For what, from what I heard, it's uh, live for soccer players and for coaches over there. It's pretty hard. Oh, I mean, the supporters are crazed. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. And so, so Roberto Dome's put himself in a couple of really, in Brazil. That was a, a tough spot. Now he's in Turkey with this team that it, 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 he really puts the pressure on himself. It would seem. No, he needs he to try. It. He needs to try Argentine second division, which is suicide mission. When, <laughs> whichever team you choose to to manage. I, let's get him back at MLS. But what do you think, Roberto? Oh, I'd love to have him back here. I'd love to have him back here. No, no, no doubt about it. And, I, and you know, he has said that he wants to be back here at some point. So uh, let's hope that that happens. Well, I don't want him getting fired, mind you, but let's hope that he, you know, he he gets here and uh, he does well. All right. So hey, Glenn, Pat, you, you Patrick's did. not coming back to MLS. I can. I think we could probably uh, say you that same. Didn't mention Jason Kreis. Well, I, I, I didn't get there yet. I've got it right oh, here. Okay, okay, okay. Right. okay. So, uh, what I wrote was Jason Kreis, who may soon be a head coach at MLS again. He's an assistant at Inter Miami. Uh, they are 0 4 and 1. They are awful uh, in their five matches. They've been outscored 13 to 3. Gonzalo Higuain, two goals, one assist. So, he's been a part of all three goals. And he's been dismal himself in matches I've seen. So I can't call for every moment he's been on the pitch Uh, there. They uh, they've played Chicago, Austin, Cincinnati, and Houston. All right. And they also lost to LAFC, but they're winless with those four clubs. Part of it. I'm sorry. They're, uh, you know, there's major issues. I'll, I'll give Phil Neville all the credit in the world. If this somehow turns around, I just think, uh, there's a decent chance that his days are numbered. Any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, they can't live with that all the time, right? I mean, at some point, they got to say, all right, that's enough. But uh, you never know, because Miami makes some really weird decisions. That That's what they've been known for so far, uh, making some really weird. And by I mean weird is a synonym of bad. So, um, I mean, to the point of where it's been bad and then can we talk about illegal within the rules of the league? I mean, it's just, it's been a nightmare. The only thing they've done really well is they built a really nice stadium in nine months. I can't argue with that. Stadium was pretty damn gorgeous for very little money. And It's in uh, Fort Lauderdale. It's not even in Fort Miami. Lauderdale. It's a, I know it's a nice place, but it's in it's Fort Lauderdale. It's for my mom's house. It's perfect. Okay. Well, that's why, well, Red Bull Arena is 20 minutes from my house. So there you go. Anyway. <laughs> For 2022 season, they did what they had to do. I mean, get rid of the whole roster, basically right. the whole roster, and start over again with cheap players. And I'm sorry, but that's what they needed to do in order to well, comply with MLS rules. Yeah. But Toronto turned over. Now, I'm not saying they're all cheap players. Obviously, uh, Insigne, when he comes in in the summer. Yeah. But uh, they turned over 19 players. Now, Bob Bradley, yeah. they've, they've won a couple in a row. They're... You know they're ahead of uh, New York City, two, two, and one overall after after the win, and uh, they had more mojo than New York City on the day. Ultimately, after the first thirty minutes, and and then the goal scored by Toronto, just uh, it's it's hard to pinpoint exactly what happened, but uh, the energy was sapped out of the group. Maybe it was the yeah. overall penalty, and then then the goal against the run of play, and then that was kind of it. And it looked like. NYCFC was going to win 4-0 that game, according to the first 15, 20 minutes of, of, of the, the game against Toronto FC, and then everything disappeared. That first goal, 
from Jimenez make everything disappear and go away. It was yeah, it sure did. Thing. They yeah. were a different team after that. Albert Pooch, who was Dome's assistant, is yeah. sixth in the J League. Thank you, Tony Larson. And Tony, we're going to get back to this. Is how we're going to close the show, boys. Uh, Tiago Martin. He uh, took a lot of abuse on Twitter after the game. Uh, and, and then the question, will Eber's goal be enough to turn him around? We, we discussed that already, uh, uh, Ariel. But, but what do you think about Martins? I, I think it's too early to uh, slam the door on the guy, but what do you think? Yeah, I, maybe it's too early. On, it is too early for, for make any final judgment on him, but they need to talk a little bit about what's going on in the central defense. I mean, um, I wouldn't trade right now Martins for Chanel. I wouldn't do it. I know that the team needs to find a replacement for both Callens and Chanel, especially Callens is going to go out with Peru for weeks before the, 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 qualify, the final qualifier for the World Cup. And Chanel is prone, uh, injury prone. We'll see what happens, but I mean, I, I'm happy that NYC FC went to look for a central defender, and Thiago Martin seems to be a good one. But the first two or three games, they need to work on on, on what he's doing on the field and uh, working with his teammates, but with, with especially with the central defenders. I mean, uh, there, there's a lot. I don't know if you saw that during the game in Toronto. There was a lot of talking between. Everybody in the defense, Maxi talking to well, mostly the guys in the for sure. Mostly Martins, though, to Acevedo, the fullback on the right, who yeah. who's not a fullback. I mean, this is a there's yeah. a there's a depth issue back there, and I yeah. don't know if you guys remember. And, and Roberto, you might have been there. I can't even remember asking Ronnie Dyla about fullback on the right whether before and this is before Martins was signed. Is that yeah. uh, no? It was after Martins was signed, but it was before Pereira was signed. Is uh is right back at all a consideration in the transfer market. And, you know, well, we've got Anton Tinnerholm coming back in, you know, July or, you know, whether it's June, wherever it is, he's well, not going to be. Back then. Well, he's not going to be the Anton Tinnerholm of old when he first steps on the pitch. It's it's just not going to happen, no, you know. No. It's, it's too too difficult an injury to recover from and, and get through everything mentally. I mean, he'll be fine, but uh, I don't know. That's And on the left, Amundsen uh, came up with a knock and, Chris Gloucester's probably maybe not quite ready. You know, he, he was good early on, and then I think it was 90 minutes was too much for him. So it was weird for Gloucester because normally what he does best, he did worst. So for Gloucester, uh, I mean, he's got a good touch on crosses, and he was horrific crossing in this game. So, I mean, that, that, to me, it's an outlier. Uh, I'm, I was more trying to watch him defensively, and I didn't think he – you know, he didn't have much to do because uh, Toronto concentrated their attack on the left side of attack, which means they try to go out. They try to go at Acevedo as much as possible and Martins as well. And, you know, it worked out for them as it turned out. So uh, I'm, I'm waiting to see on Gloucester because I know that New York City Brass has very high hopes for him. And they, I think that a lot of people believe that eventually he will turn out to be the starter for New York City. But he's got to get minutes as well. So I'm glad that they have NYCFC 2, which, by the way, again, tied and lost in penalty kicks this weekend. Um, this time to uh, Inter-Miami? No, Orlando City. Orlando, so uh, yeah. Orlando City 2, the same way. But he's going to wind up getting a lot of minutes there, and I think that's going to get him into rhythm. Although, as Luis Barraza told me after the first game uh, that they played, you know, the, the speed is, is different. So, but I still think it's going to help and help considerably. 
Uh, Tavon Gray's not ready. I mean, he was in the he's in the A team, but uh, hopefully he'll be ready to play. Yeah, in I think Seattle. he's close. Yeah, you're right. I think he's close. Uh, and I'm surprised that they didn't. I mean, maybe it was an experiment to see how we would do. But I mean, Andres Jason right now seems to be a better option than than Acevedo down on that side. And especially when you're, you know, let's get back to the Seattle game, right? Seattle is healthy. Seattle's healthy for the first time in like a year and a half. I mean, they got everybody. Lodeiro's healthy. Uh, Rui Diaz is healthy. They've got Rusnak who's healthy. They got a midfield that rivals New York City in quality. So I mean, this Joe is going to Paulo. be Joe Paulo. Joe healthy. Yeah, Joe Paulo exactly scored a. So yeah. I mean, this is a team that's in in good form and in good health. So uh, it's uh, haven't had uh, that luxury. A, there's a lot working against. There's a and lot so working against. Make this game also very exciting. Yep. A lot, well, exciting and a lot working against New York City going out to Seattle uh, in this one. So, boys, and their uh, NYCFC post 90 podcast gets the final word. Bring back Goody or Rocha. No, it, not. It would be nice to have them in, in reserve, perhaps. And you know, Tony Rocha, by the way, I'm going to be talking to his coach soon, uh, a guy named Oliver Weiss, who is the. Uh, GM and uh, head coach at uh, Orange County. So Tony Roach is now a, a USL player. And Goody, where do we say he was in Denmark? I forget. He's a uh, Sweden, I believe. Sweden. Sweden believe. is it? Okay. He's see. in a. He's in one of the uh, Scandinavian leagues. Uh, I haven't checked his progress, but uh, you know, you do miss that sort of depth. There's no question about it. And Tony Roach, interesting career with New York City FC, but. Whenever he came in and he played a variety of positions, he did well. But the number one loss from last year is a guy who uh, was celebrating after the U.S. men uh, qualified uh, for Cutter. Uh, whether he'll be on the side uh, remains to be seen. But James Sands, man, he played. Remember, he played right back. He had no issues at right back. No, no issues at center back. No issues in the midfield. And uh, that sort of versatility uh, that New York City lost with the Sands and effective versatility, quality, I think you just I think it's immeasurable. And I, and I think New York City's really feeling it. I really do. Yeah, I, I think they absolutely miss him. You know, you expected Martins to be able to replace him and to replace him well because he can play in a back three or he can play in a back four. He can play both sides of uh, the middle. Um, but uh, he had a really tough game. And, you know. I think we've seen enough evidence that it takes a while, especially for Latin American players, to grow into this league. I don't think it's only them, though. But we, we've seen a lot. I mean, look how long it took Acevedo. Uh, Santi Rodriguez maybe learned it a little bit quicker. Uh, Tiago Andrade, you know, back and forth. He's still, you know, he's still a project in many ways. He needs to be more consistent. Tales Magno playing so much better this year than he did last year. It, it, it takes time. So uh, for everybody who uh, had their pitchforks out for Tiago Martin for a bad game, and no doubt it was a bad game, put him away. Put him away. Give him time. He'll settle in. They didn't give him DP money because uh, – The only thing Roberto left out of that he, – he's going to The only thing Roberto it. left out of that is wagging his index finger. Leave him alone. <laughs> Leave him alone. Exactly. Leave him alone. See, but here uh, – you know, there's a lot of great shows. New York City's like all these different shows have appeared. The NYCFC, the City Boys show. So they're they're listening in today. They like our banter, Roberto. So I they should come I, out and have drinks with us where it continues yeah. at all time. It's not just for here. Well, this is Roberto, our existence together. I I, well, I, 
I give a number of people um, a hard time in my life, but I perhaps get no more joy than giving it to Roberto. Yes, Ariel. Rito <laughs> <laughs> Robinson is uh, right now a player of the AAB bot football, which is a team in the Danish Superliga. So he's in Denmark. Oh, okay. Denmark. I had it. I could, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't, uh, couldn't quite remember. Do, do you have I his stats Mexico in front of you? City. Do you, is no. he playing Ariel? Can you tell? Uh, do you have the... No, no, I, I cannot see it. So okay. that doesn't all mean right. he doesn't play. Not, all right. I remember I... in Mexico city, all the, in back in 1986, all the Danish fans uh, marching through the pink zone in Mexico and yelling, We are red, we are wheat, we are Danish dynamite. <laughs> and with that, we're wrapping this thing. Okay, so just to let everybody know, and you see it on the uh, bottom of your screen, uh, Roberto Abramowitz, Ariel Hudis, Spanish portion of the New York City FC Network. Uh, I'm Glenn Crooks. And along with John Rojas, who was unable to be with us tonight, Wednesday night, Eastern time, it's 9.45 is when we'll uh, kick off our live commentary portion, and uh, we'll have a Facebook Live, uh, John and I, at 9 p.m. This is where it gets a little convoluted. At 9 p.m. Eastern Time, Roberto, you and Ariel will be 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, correct? Yes, uh, yes. We don't want to step on your toes. No, thank you. So you tune into these live streams, man, because we, we have stuff. There's stuff, all kinds of good stuff. And then, the, again, I will repeat. I'm going to get the final word here, boys, and then I'm disconnecting. Listen to your local boys. Do the broadcast. A broadcast that's on FS2. Loves, kisses, hugs, and everything else to the FS2 boys. But tune in your uh, your local radio, New York City FC Network. That's nycfc.com slash radio. And, and we'll be happy to uh, provide the commentary for you of uh, New York City at Seattle First Lake CONCACAF Champions League semifinals. Guys, have a great night. I don't I'm going to go watch the basketball game. I don't have much uh, much in it, but uh, I'm going to go check it out anyway. How about you guys? All right. You go good. Have a good have a good night and listen to us on Wednesday. All right, guys. Enjoy. Safe flight. Peace. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.